0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Engadget podcast. I'm Deputy Editor Sherlyn Loh and joining me as guest co-host this episode is UK Bureau Chief Matt Smith. Hey Matt.
1: Hey Sherlyn, how you doing?
0: Thanks for joining us all the way from across me? the pond.
1: Yeah, we've got lots to talk about <laughs> this week. How dare to week- take time off.
0: I, I know, right? This week we're talking all about the Apple event that the company announced is happening on September 7th, uh, so that's very soon. We're also we're going to talk about what to uh, expect there, and we're also going to see what's up with this electronic show that typically happens in Berlin this time of year. It hasn't happened in the last year, I believe, so some some discussion around there. And then I guess this gamescom thing has been happening. So we're gonna have our uh senior editor Jess Condit join us in this show as well to talk a little bit about that. And a whole bunch of other news. It's going to be a packed episode, everyone. As always, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on your podcast catcher of choice. Leave us a review on iTunes. And if you have time on Thursday mornings at about 10 a.m. Eastern, we typically live stream the recording of this podcast on the Engadget YouTube channel. We can interact live with the audience, take questions, make friends. It's usually a fun time. So come join us then. So this week, in fact, I think it was just yesterday, it was just Wednesday this week, uh Apple officially confirmed that its next event will be happening on September 7th. This is the uh the invite, you know, image which usually contains some clues had this picture of like a an Apple logo sort of made out of water droplets and it has the words far out on it. Matt. What do you think that means?
1: Right, I'm just going to go for like the basic option of what that means, I think it's like two things. I think it'll be improved, like zoom photography.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. We've
1: had some rumors, which we'll get to later, and the other one, I'm imagining, just like longevity, like battery life improvement. Right, like
0: it lasts far. Yeah, far it out. goes
1: further, and I think it is teeing that we've all what we've already heard that there's going to be a kind of tougher pro Apple Watch. So the mm-hmm. idea that you can go further out there in the outdoors, man.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, that reminds me of, like, Samsung's pro model of its Galaxy Watch 5, right? Which I've been reviewing, and it's supposed to be for the great outdoors. And I'm just like, all right, like, it's not. Is it? Really, be- yeah.
1: It doesn't really look it.
0: Uh-uh, it's not. So we can get into that a little bit later. My speculation is really similar to yours for the with the far out thing where you said the telephoto zoom. I think that's most likely but if that's the thing they're highlighting, I don't know I don't know what I expect. Um, our our live stream producer Julio Barrientos mentions that far out means it's gonna cost a lot of money for people to be able it to always afford it. does, though, like, doesn't it? This is an Apple event, Apple device, you know what you're getting into. But Um, also,
1: let's remember, like, a few weeks ago, we just had a new phone from Samsung that's closer to $2,000, so...
0: Yeah, but that's kind of like a 2-in-1, that's like a tablet
1: phone. doesn't matter, it's a brand new phone, it's all comparable. So, I don't know, getting fussy about Apple prices is a bit funny, now that Samsung's the, the party ruiner.
0: I think, I think they are sort of, they have like some sort of parity when it comes to pricing around their like mid-rangey flagship phones. So like the S22 Plus compares to the iPhone 13-ish. I mean, Apple has brought some prices down by introducing things like the iPhone 13 Mini. Well, not the 13 Mini specifically, but the Mini, right? Like the fact that they now start at more like $699, $799. Uh, and the Samsungs also start around there for the Galaxy S22-ish. They're, they're, they're similar. You're right. I, I will defend the pricing of the folding, like the Z Fold 4, if only because of it. I, I think of it as more than just one phone. You know what I mean? Compared to anything Apple's made anyway.
1: Oh, yeah. There's no, there is nothing to compare to. I'm just like, I feel like a price complaint at this Absolutely. point. You've got to level it first at Samsung before you chase Apple.
0: Oh, yeah. Apple's not the only one making expensive devices. That is for sure. Speaking of, iPhone 14. I think we are all expecting that to be unveiled next week. Matt, what do you think? Uh, or are you excited? You're an iPhone user, I know this. Yeah, I'm mainly,
1: I'm mainly iPhone, Pixel. Um, those are the two I kind of hop between. And yeah, like I think we're, in, we're like a design update. Um, mm-hmm. Like off the top of my head, I'm thinking it's not gonna be ground shaking. I'm sure it'll be two cameras on the cheaper phone, three cameras on the Pro. Um, some of the rumors suggest the Pro phones will be a redesign, um, even hinting that we might have a Samsung-esque kind of hole punch Ooh, from facing okay. camera, which could be interesting. Um, in a way, it wouldn't look like an iPhone, or at least iPhones as we know it, you know, in the 2020s. So that's interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, I still hope there will be another mini iPhone mini. Um, I think that is such a compelling device. Yeah. Um, I'd say that. I think we've talked about this before, probably on this podcast, that probably. of the iPhone 13s, the mini iPhone is probably the coolest. Um, so that will probably come again. And yeah, you know, it's it's hard to know whether they'll shake it all up or not. Like a lot of these rumors just turn out to be only that rumors. Um, I would yeah. like a redesign, especially trying to kind of differentiate the look of a pro phone compared to, you know, the kind of entry level iPhone. So yeah. we'll see if we get that.
0: I... I like like you. I like the mini, but I think there's some speculation about the entire mini phone going away, the smallest handset going away. And I, I, I kind of get it because, like, as much as I like the size and, and and them trying to squeeze like the best specs into a phone of that size, battery life was always an issue. And I don't know that like that's something that's so easy to address. And if they just do away with it altogether. You know, Apple will better have an explanation. They they probably won't. They won't outright explain it in their keynote. Um, but I'd be I'd be curious to see. And then speaking of some of the changes coming to the the 14 Pro, uh, the rumors are like you said, right? Instead of the notch, we're expecting some kind of dual cutout for the front cameras. Um, and you know, the reason I speculated anyway that like the notch had always been there is because yeah, the Face ID. Uh, sort of the components that go in there are a little too big or unwieldy to be like fully covered up by everything but a cutout or, or, or a hole punch thing. So it looks like maybe they might have figured a way out. Um, so we don't know. But does the notch bother you? Wow, no, that's what I'm saying. Like it,
1: pitch. It, it, <laughs> it just feels – I think that's just because of um, familiarity, right? To me, the notch feels like an iPhone in – when you're looking through all these other Android phones, nearly all of them have a hole punch of some kind, whether it's centralized or in the corner, and that's like an Android look. And I felt like the iPhone look was a notch. Not to say I'm not ready. Oh, do you? Re- oh man, do you remember like when the iPhone 13 came out and they were like, "Look how much smaller the notch is," and it was barely <laughs> noticeable. <that laughs> yeah. There was any difference whatsoever. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. That We'll see how big these hole punches are as well. Can you imagine if they're just utterly huge?
0: I, I mean, it looks from the renders and the and the rumors that they are kind of odd looking. They're definitely still in the way, and they're not as big as notches, but they're just it's so prominent. I mean, I'm at the point where, like, I mean, it's on Android, right? Phones are at the point where we've got under-display cameras, and under-display cameras may have sucked at first, but because by virtue of trying something new, they're getting better. You've got ZTE with some under-display cameras. I think you tried that out, right? Matt, we Yeah. With the, yeah. And,
1: and you've seen the Z, the Z Fold 4 as well. Um, that had a better one, something a bit closer to the ZTE one. I mean, it still doesn't take amazing photos, to be honest, but that's the future we're aiming towards. Like you're saying, that's what we're marching towards, an under-screen camera that is functional as a selfie exactly. camera. Exactly yeah
0: exactly now speaking of the camera i think like like we were talking about before there might be the pro models like you said we'll likely keep the trio and then like we've got the um regular standard non-pro models only having two i don't know i personally would like more like the third a third camera on the standard models i maybe that's just me but if if even if only the pros continue to keep the triple camera set up what are we hearing, right? We're hearing what a 48 megapixel main camera might yeah. be coming to the Pro. That's a huge jump from 12 megapixels that is standard across the lineup right now. Uh, do you think that's likely?
1: I would love that to be true. Um, like, it's so incredible to think that the iPhone goes toe-to-toe with these, normally, you know, 48, 50 megapixel sensors on pretty much every other device, right? So can, can you imagine what an iPhone could capture if what at least one of those sensors was that level of high resolution.
0: I am not sure honestly because I feel like the iPhone already takes pretty sharp pictures at this point, right? That that 13 Pro is actually a very solid camera. Um and if, you know, they're doing any pixel binning with it, right? 48 is exactly, yeah. you know, f- pixel binning size I guess or resolution for like pixels into one and then what you would achieve from that in low light or any sort of like light situation. That's what I'm
1: meaning. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't mean to. I don't mean no, to no, suggest that it would take 48 megapixel steals, which probably it probably will. But yeah, exactly that. But up until this point, they haven't done that, so I find that amazing that iPhones have taken such decent photos these last couple of years without having to amp up the megapixels. So yeah, like on that, also seems like a genuine pro phone feature. If you're going to have you know an iPhone 14 and an iPhone 14 Pro then that is the kind of feature that kind of makes it distinct, which I think was tricky with the 12 and the 13. The differentiation between the Pro and the the basic models wasn't as clear-cut as Apple pretended it was.
0: It's not just the rear cameras too, right? I think um, one of the more credible reports going around is that the selfie camera is going to get an upgrade. We've got like the aperture supposedly going from f2.2 to f1.9, which, I mean, I feel like a lot of selfie cameras out there or at least a lot of main cameras out there, they're like F2, F1.8 sometimes already. So this would be, you know, a good time for Apple to catch up, do better. Although, again, like I said before, the iPhone 13s already do a pretty good job with the front camera. So, I, I, you know, it's not a lot of like big wish list items. It seems like continual tweaks and improvements on an incremental level um
1: i think though like yeah like the last couple of years with um with the coronavirus and stuff like that like we've been using front facing cameras on everything mm-hmm, more than we ever mm-hmm. have before whether it's teleconferencing or talking to family did, yeah. did, so did, 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 again it makes sense for a lot of the yeah a lot makes sense for a lot of these companies just to make that kind of stuff work better look better um i mean there might be a bit late to the party but you know working from home isn't going anywhere so yeah it, it seems like a wise upgrade and it doesn't mean they have to you know hugely upgrade the sensor they're just improving the lens on the front but again if they ha- if they're using a more elaborate lens and they're using these smaller
0: notches type yeah cutouts yeah, yeah.
1: or hole yeah. punches like how what's the um what's going to how's that all going to work together so again something else to kind of think about And see if Apple can pull it off.
0: Some some other small rumors that we're hearing, uh, you know, and this isn't really a rumor. This is more like an educated guess. Is that like the iPhone 14s are going to use the A16 chipset? Like, of course, the A16 uh, is going to be the next processor. Um, But that's really about most of the stuff that we know on the iPhone front. Uh, But of course, that's not the only device we're expecting to see. Why would Apple just throw an event for only the iPhones? We're also expecting, most likely the apple watch series what is it like eight now yes yeah, series eight i am conf- like it gets confusing because what watch os is approaching watch os 9 it's like in beta right now and then the watch itself is on series 7 so the numbers don't tally thanks a lot apple but yeah
1: and remember we never had an iphone 9 We never
0: yeah we jumped across because i guess seven, eight, nine. but um did you get it matt did you
1: no. Oh, it was. It's you. Oh, I forgot you do stand up. I do yes, stand um. up.
0: Yes, you do stand up. I do stand up. Everyone does stand up. But you know what doesn't stand up? The Apple Watch. <laughs> this is my segue. No, segue back into work. our watch topic. So, no series.
1: I think whatever virus, whatever virus got the Samsung <laughs> yeah, this, laptop has caught Shirley uh, yes, as well. Yes, this
0: is wiping my brain. The Apple Watch Series Eight. I think one of the biggest rumors about it is that we're expecting the Pro model to come out. Right. Uh, this is going to be, and this is what we talked about a little bit. A little bit earlier when i was asking you to speculate on what far out meant we were thinking it might be like a an outdoors oriented watch with better durability at least on the screen um some other features that i'm not very sure of what have you heard about the series eight matt
1: so yeah let's start with the pro shall we and what we've heard about that so it's funny like the pro will obviously introduce some kind of new design whatever that will look like i'm sure it'll still be squarish still be very appley but i wonder if it'll be a bit more like um tougher looking and i don't know how i literally do not know i don't know what i mean by those words but it seems to be like teased at you know at least according to these rumors it's teased as this kind of ruggedized outdoor watch so it's 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 funny to think of it as a pro when it's not necessarily pro but more athletic or outdoorsy uh, i wonder if they'll go with the pro moniker on it or something else um and yeah, so a fresh design. I'm, I'm, I'm scoping out some of these older rumours here. And the Apple Watch has not changed much, apart from getting a bigger screen, smaller bezels. It's From the first one that ever came out, it looks largely the same. Um, but yeah, the rumours suggest um, it won't have flat sides, but it'll be an evolution, quote-unquote, of the rectangular shape. Uh, more durable casing, so some kind of titanium blend or compounds. Uh, and a bigger battery and a new... Long rumored low power mode. So we have like a very, like you have a battery saver mode on Apple Watches at the moment, but you don't really have anything approaching a low power mode like you have on iPhones. I guess the idea being that it doesn't ping for so much data. It just shows or just you the time. reduces its power right. usage. Oh, no, that, so that's the battery saver right, mode. Right, right. So they're, they're talk, the rumor is there's going to be something I in see. the middle that will keep you having your Apple Watch functions, but just at a reduced yeah. capacity.
0: I mean, I like the looks of the like flat edged like um, renders that we saw, right? Where it's like a little more square looking, even though I hate squarish, you know, watch faces. um, But that one, I, I think we're just all kind of waiting on something different. We want something that looks a little bit different at this point. And I honestly don't think the shape of the Apple Watch in general is going to change at all. Like it was going to be this squircle. Uh, situation that we've got going on now we're never going to get around apple watch like we tried to talk about uh, a couple episodes ago um but we we think I, at least one of the rumors floating around out there is that the apple watch 8 will have a body temperature sensor which is all yeah. the rage right now i mean it was all the rage when it was like During the Rona, and everyone's like, oh, fever is one of the first signs, or like one of the earlier signs. And, you know, some devices like from Fitbit, I believe, were already able to detect that. So now we've got an inactive skin temperature sensor on the Galaxy Watch 5. We've got the Watch 8 rumored to have a body temperature sensor. Would you, I don't know, do you want a body temperature sensor on you?
1: I mean, I've got, so I wear the Ura Ring, which is another wearable that does do uh, body temperature sensing, and it has. The the uh the kind of algorithms and stuff have sense when I've been ill with fevers and COVID, so it is a very good kind of signifier. And it's not I don't do you own like a a proper like medicinal thermometer. Yourself, I have the you have
0: ones where like you put it under your tongue.
1: Oh, so you do own one? Well, I, I don't like so the closest thing to a thermometer in my house will be probably a gadget. Uh, so having it in my phone, uh, in my in my watch, in my Apple Watch would make a lot of sense. Um, but you know the Apple Watch for for a long time it, once it kind of gave up trying to be a cool kind of designer device. It's just gone really hard on the health and the fitness. So this is just another step in that direction. Um, and yeah, we've seen it in other... Have we seen it in any other wearable? I mean, the Galaxy Watch
0: 5, the Fitbit also has one, but I'm not sure... Sh- like, the Fitbit, I think, were, were, were among the first to have them, but I don't know exactly which model or whether it was turned on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many features that companies announce yeah. and then they're like, oh, but it's coming later...
1: Cool. Yeah, maybe. Oh no, we just got bought by another company, so that's by years. <laughs>
0: we will talk more yeah, about Fitbit in a bit, by the way. But yes,
1: yeah, that's what that's what comes to mind, though the idea that you know, sure, it has this feature in it, it has this sensor, but how will this will this improve my life? Is this a feature? Is this a function that yeah. I want to use or will use? that's the bigger question right and I'm, that's the question i I, I just
0: love the idea of having something that can verify when i'm feeling ill right i'm like <laughs> yeah, yeah prove it right because yeah, i feel like so, i guess like yeah. myself in my head right i'm like i'm sick and the matt's like are you sure <laughs> are, you? Like,
1: right. are you just yeah stiving? exactly are you
0: just just being lazy you know um or body temperature is also another sign um or, or a helpful metric for people who are monitoring their cycles, whether it's ovulation, whether it's menstrual cycles, um, body temperature can be an indicator that, you know, your, your period is approaching or your ovulate ovulating, that, that sort of stuff. So it could be used for that, but given the climate right now around period tracking apps and that sort of stuff, I'm not sure that's exactly where they're headed. I just think it could be potentially useful for more than just detecting an infection in your body or a fever, but it's not, it's not guaranteed the body temperature sensor on an apple watch is not guaranteed this is just a report and a rumor right now um another thing we're expecting or hoping to see is the next generation of the apple watch se uh which right Ah, yeah i i really like the original i thought it was a very good like in between or a good starter watch for most people it was my starter apple watch actually um
1: you'd be hard pressed to tell the difference between when the se came out and then the series 5 and 6 around it like yeah, like you're getting pretty much the Apple Watch experience for hundreds of dollars less. Like it's, again, really like just a really good smartwatch.
0: A lot of people I know actually prefer like half the SE instead of the like bells and whistles as like Series 7 model. So it's, uh, I'm I'm excited to see what Apple is able to bring to the SE lineup for hopefully the same price or maybe less.
1: But before we move on to the other rumors, like Cher, you, you've tested a lot more Fitbits and kind of... uh Android Wear, Google Wear, not sure what they call Wear it. Wear OS. Like what would Yeah, where, there we go, see? What must be really memorable? What like what are you hoping to see in an Apple Watch that like the competition has already?
0: Oh my god, just better sleep tracking <laughs> already. Like I don't listen, people who tune into this show know how much I hate wearing a watch to track my sleep. But the fact remains that Apple is the only fitness tracking company of Note out there or sleep tracking device maker out there that needs you to tell them when you're going to sleep before it will determine when you're going to sleep. Like to... I don't know if you do this on your... do, you, do you, Okay, if you set your watch... If you wear your Apple Watch to bed and you want it to track your sleep, as of watchOS 8, because watchOS 9 is slightly different, as of watchOS 8 and before, you needed to like set a bedtime schedule. And the...
1: Oh, so I yes, do. And it yes, does but you. if you
0: don't, it won't. So what? Because you don't... Well, so then also, the other thing is I set a bedtime schedule of, let's say, 11 p.m. to 9 a.m. Right? I'm like, oh, let's go to bed at 11, wake up at 9. It consistently tells me that I have been in bed 11.30 p.m. to 9 or, or 8 or whatever. And I'm like... Excuse me, but I was like watching TV until 2 a.m. I've been messaging my friends.
1: Oh, that's all. So my schedule says like bedtime 9.30. I don't, but it's still all the like little things say when I actually went yeah, to bed. Yeah, so you stick so. to your bedtime
0: pretty closely, right?
1: No, no, I don't. These are all like midnight. So I've been getting the diff-
0: a different experience from you. But to me, the fact that like you have to set a bedtime for it to detect when you've fallen asleep or something is kind of an assist. That other brands don't have and don't need at the moment. Like again, Fitbits, if I am remembering correctly, on on like some older Fitbits, I would wear the Fitbit to sleep in the middle of the day and it would know I've fallen asleep. Whereas like <laughs> Samsung, you know, doesn't doesn't I haven't tested that yet because I haven't worn a Samsung wearable and taken a nap in the middle of the day yet. But at night, it knows reliably when I've actually fallen asleep. So, and without me setting a sleep schedule. So that's just like, to me, a very unnecessary thing to have to do. Um, and then finally, also with watchOS 9, Apple is bringing like the sleep, you know, zones detection using your yeah. heart rate, but that's not actually live yet so that's coming probably on the watch series 8 but that's again something that fitbit has been doing for so many years samsung's yeah, been Ubering doing does it exactly already. so yeah. like that's where i think apple is a little bit behind right when it comes to sleep tracking
1: oh it's not a little bit you you don't need to mince your words yeah oh behind. yeah no I they're it's very behind, behind.
0: Yeah. i just was like you were telling me that like it's tracking these things for you so i'm like all right well i guess i might be wrong so anyway the no, the apple watch is very behind when it comes to like cardio de- like zone detection like even speaking of that like right when we do uh again watch os 9 is supposed to bring some like more cardio information for when you're working out and it'll show you the heart rate zone you're in and i tried it On the watchOS 9 beta and it did show really nicely too like what heart rate zone you're in while you're working out and show you the information after but as of right now watchOS 8 doesn't do that Um, meanwhile Samsung's been doing it for a while Fitbit has been doing it for a while so that's another area that Apple has been lagging the competition
1: but yeah, at least we can see the seeds of that Yeah, at least it's coming. Improving. Oh, already. hell yeah. yeah. So
0: anyway, I didn't mean to go on a rant about something.
1: No, no. We, you Yeah, definitely that's something you, someone can chop down to. What do you think needs to be improved, Cher? Sleep. Cool. On to the next thing.
0: Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> someone, someone can chop it down, meaning you're like, Ben, 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 cut, cut that rant out. You're like, okay, okay. But I'm like, no, we're keeping it in. We're keeping it in, Matt. You're just a guest. Stay away. Anyway, so... Now we've gone over the iPhone 14s, the Apple Watch Series 8, and possibly a Pro model. We are also expecting more things. I think some of the rumors, like or or what people expect, some of these ex- what to expect posts. We're talking about uh, Macs and iPads because they're like, oh, the M2 should be coming to more models of the MacBook um, soon, Uh and. You know, we've also got people speculating on AirPods Pros coming because the AirPods Pro are like two or three years old by now. Um, I would just say that my gut is telling me that I don't think we're going to see new Macs or iPads this time around. I think it's more likely that we will keep in the mobile devices or the wearables and phones sort of trend and see AirPods instead. Uh, Matt, does this make sense to you?
1: Yeah, to a certain extent. Um, When you see other stuff at an iPhone event, it's never something that can rival in popularity. It's always either an accessory or it's a tease for something. You remember when Apple Silicon was first introduced? So we had an Apple Silicon nod before we got M1 introduced. So at the max, I could see that kind of thing, a teaser of a next-gen chip for Macs and iPads. But yeah, AirPods, HomePods, Apple Watches, we've already talked about. Um, Actually... What have you been hearing about AirPods? Because I haven't stayed up to date on those. Uh,
0: me neither. I- <laughs> <laughs> our our uh, audio guru, Billy Steele uh, is more up to speed on that, obviously. I-, I can imagine only like better fit, better sound quality, and see boosts without as much pressure, I think was one of the earlier rumors that we were hearing. Um, he is going to be be attending the apple event this is something he's already publicly <laughs> tweeted so i don't believe i am right. spilling any secrets here uh which you know i, I
1: which, which would tells, assume there is i don't know what thing. it
0: tells people but this is uh this is what i think that if billy is going we see some audio stuff so maybe HomePods, you know like do we is the HomePod dream still alive? HomePods are
1: where all the rumors are at though more so than airpods although like airpods pro were released they're back in 2019 so they're kind of they're kind of due they're my go-to headphones to be honest so um, the, the I'd be super the
0: max ones new, right yeah. they're like
1: no 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 little little airpods pro um the in the air noise cancelling ones.
0: okay so so i mean i would love to see if they bring out new max like <laughs> extremely expensive high-end
1: audio like
0: headphones again um no but what are the rumors we are seeing about the home pods do you know
1: so the weird thing about the home pods is they're gonna add a screen which is what uh, all these other companies did several years mm-hmm. ago so imagine like an, an ipad-ish interface connect like but static in your home attached to a speaker kind of like um the Google Home hubs—they've um, changed their name. Nest Hub
0: Max, now? oh Nest Hubs. Thank
1: yeah. you very much. Yeah, Nest Hubs. Um, so something similar to that is the rumors. Um, a lot of the rumors suggest like Apple is like readying four of them. So you could even get like a HomePod Max, a HomePod Pro, a HomePod Mini. Who knows? But yeah, I assume that's varying sizes of speaker and display. Um, I'm sure we'll probably only see one or two at this event. But I'm intrigued. I still, I still have a HomePod um, mostly for airplane music but a more functional one would be good um there's definitely an overlap between my nest home hub and my airpod that doesn't need to be there um so yeah your home pod you mean right not airpod nice. you said airpod oh okay. yeah sorry home pod yeah um yeah
0: yeah that's fair enough i mean i'm curious i've never i mean i've i've tried out home pods but i don't own one i don't have one in my home i'm very much like a google speaker ecosystem person but and I also have an Amazon Echo, and, and and they annoy me to no end. So I'd love to see if Apple <laughs> has managed to, like, you know, resolve some of those issues specifically around, like, keeping their connection to each other, keeping their connection with my phone, not randomly dipping, understanding when I'm talking to them, that sort of thing. Um, we've got uh, Denny Leung in the chat asking, do we think we'll see premium speakers from Apple? And, like, you know, sound quality... See, like on the home pod mini too right which is more of the the device they've retained now because r.i.p HomePod. Yeah. uh what's the sound quality of that like i'm assuming that's what you have at home
1: the home pod mini is surprisingly capable i've got the oh, old school okay. HomePod. i've got two of them no less and yeah they were really expensive for what they were but they sound great and i'm not an audiophile but i know they sound better than any other speaker i've ever owned um but one rumor i forgot to add in actually um is that one of those Possible new home pods we could see would be more like a combined home pod, Apple TV, like multimedia. So, so, so like so. a
0: smart display. See, I am kind of hyped for that.
1: No, but Apple TV. So, I guess the oh, idea stream. is you would plug into your TV. Yeah. Oh. So, you wouldn't need, you wouldn't need the Apple TV part.
0: Okay. Wow.
1: So, it, but I can't even imagine the size. Would that be a HomePod Mini size? Would that be a HomePod size? Would it be a square thing? Would it have a display? Would it not have a display? There's like lots of different permutations yeah. of all those features. Yeah, interesting. So I'm I'm intrigued to see what exactly lands. But that makes sense to combine a HomePod with an Apple TV yeah. to me. I yeah, guess. and
0: it would stream the audio from the Apple TV out to the to the HomePod itself, right? So you could technically just yeah. connect it to any HDMI.
1: It's like an yeah, it's like an all-in-one solution in a lot of ways for like better sound than most TVs. I think.
0: It sounds like to me anyway that the HomePod area and the potential like maybe smart TV permutation or the Apple TV combination device uh, might be the most interesting thing we're going to see. Like in in the sense that it's the least expected and the least incremental because we're still futzing around with a new product category here um, and there's so much room to innovate and explore. So I'm personally more stoked for something like that than I am for, let's say, the next iPhone or the next Apple Watch, which is...
1: Really? I Interesting. I know.
0: I know that they're the flagship devices, right? They sell probably the most of phones and watches. But I'm just here for the HomePods, the, like, the ways to improve my life at home when I'm trying to chill, when I'm trying to relax, you know? Um,
1: no, but it's it's been things... I totally agree with that. Apart from, like, like I said, when they first... What was it, iPhone 12 mini? Then before that, I would have probably said the AirTags. And before that, the AirPods Pro. These are not the primary flagship devices that are thrilling me the most yep yep it's often the ones on the side yeah. that kind of blindside me and you know air tags are, are amazing like like it nags me when i leave the house without my wallet or my phone with or without my yeah. keys which never happens but you know what i mean yeah. like they're work they're totally working they're doing uh, the job um, i mean i'm, con- for me, I'm constantly
0: are. getting reminded that i left like something at home that i didn't actually leave at home and it's not through air. It's not through AirTags. It's through like um, the phone's own Find My with another uh, with like my AirPods or something. They're like, "Oh, your AirPods are no longer like you left the last time this device was seen was whenever... But this is a problem unique to me because I just have too many <laughs> devices. You know what I mean? Like I have.
1: This is why. This is why Apple won't track your sleep. You're just yeah, I just. In, you're incompatible uh, th- that's, that's
0: what technology. it is i i yeah fatally incompatible with apple
1: yeah
0: <laughs> uh, f-i-w-a that's my new thing f-i-w-a fatally incompatible with apple shirlin low f-i-w-a at large anyway um very quickly about uh you know all these like little things that you said blindside you made more more along the lines of like surprise and delight right it's what do we expect the unexpected To be from Apple. Do we think glasses? Do we think car? Do we think any of these like pie in the sky things? None of those. None of those.
1: None of those. I think an iPhone's big enough to be on its own. They can.
0: No, one more thing. We don't need one more thing. No. We don't think far out means they're going to do a Star Trek thing. Okay. 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 Very good. (laughs) I guess we have to just stay tuned. Uh, The event is not far off. It is September 7th. That is in about. Two weeks or less. Uh, myself and Engadget's senior news editor Billy Steele will be bringing you the news live from Cupertino. Uh, maybe live, maybe not live. We'll 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 see what is, you know, possible. We're still working with Apple to figure out who we can bring and that sort, what kind of equipment I'm bringing, that sort of thing. Um, but stay tuned to Engadget.com. We will obviously bring you the coverage live. Our whole entire team will be working very hard to do that. Meanwhile, speaking of traveling to things. Matt, there is a show going on in Berlin soon that usually you and I meet up at, right? It's called. Yeah. Tell people what it is. You probably know the full it's name. It's called
1: Ifa. I don't even remember what it stands for. International Federation. No, of... it's
0: got an actual German name, I believe. Like an Oh,
1: yeah. okay. There's
0: like a S U N G or something in it.
1: Anyway, it's a European technology show in the vein of CES, a little bit MWC, a little bit of everything. To be honest, Ifa used to be the show where you where Samsung would launch its kind of secondary flagship device. Yeah, the Note series. So it was often famous for that now. But like I was mentioning about Apple, Apple can kind of launch an entire event on the basis of its iPhone. Samsung can launch an entire event on the basis of its foldables. And so that's what they've done already. You've kind of already seen Samsung's big showcase. So IFA, like it ebbs and flows exactly how interesting it is. It's often centered on home electronics, Mm -hmm. wearables, um, fitness Mm -hmm. tech, phones from kind of secondary you know, new incumbent companies like Huawei, or uh, Xiaomi, um, Oppo. It's actually... That's the kind yeah, of... Yeah, and
0: that's actually quite interesting because, like, since it's a Europe-centric show, these phone companies that don't usually make a mark in the U.S. Or, or don't have a huge presence in the U.S. actually come to IFA to showcase their stuff. And they do get good responses, right? Like, again, like you said, Huawei actually now, I think, remains one of the bigger, like, companies to still have a presence at ifa they used to launch their like next uh, kirin chipset or their next p or mate phones at ifa excuse me and it was one of the more exciting things to look at too um what so this year it's sort of returning in person they're calling it a full-scale return (laughs) like the rona i guess everyone's Considering us as out of the pandemic now, so I guess events are happening again. I remember in 2020, Aoife uh, was very optimistic and was like, no, we're going ahead with an in-person event. This pandemic is over. Back in August 2020, they were like, pandemic is over. Show's going to go on. And then in 2021, they were like, we 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 take the L. We're not going to have an event in
1: Yeah, 2021. for sure. So yeah, we. I think our headline was Aoife 2021 is cancelled canceled after all, which was accurate. Uh, but yeah, they're trying to be back at full steam. Um, we obviously reached out to all these companies, and often they can't really reveal too much to us in advance either. So that makes it trickier to decide whether to attend and plan. But a lot of companies are willing to kind of brief you in London or in the US if it's an international company. Um, so we know, we have an idea of the kind of companies, like we've already talked about, um, and we've even heard some of the stories that are already. You know, we know some of the devices that are going to be announced there already. But yeah, we're not going to be there in person. So no trip to Berlin for either of us here so then, yeah. I'm afraid. Y'all,
0: y'all, y'all. I just need to tell people tuning into this show now that IFA is a place where me, Matt, and the Engadget team go and gorge ourselves on pork skins. Like fried pork skins at this place that Matt found called Transit. And this is just me shouting out Transit in Berlin if y'all are ever in that city. So you
1: really want that. Friends Every- of right?
0: <laughs> Nobody paid me, but I enjoy the food there. It's tapas style, like Asian fusion food. It's awesome. Anyway, but back to the actual tech news for a second here. Uh, w- usually at IFA, like we said, Huawei is probably going to do a thing. Uh, we see a bunch of laptops. I think we usually see companies like Lenovo and Acer. Uh, yeah. Show up with a yeah. ton of stuff. Lenovo used to actually use IFA to debut some really intriguing concept stuff, like uh, the Yoga Book, that dual e ink display laptop. I believe was was first launched at an IFA. Um so I'm 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 I'd say keep an eye on Engadget.com because I think we're gonna see more stuff from Lenovo. Um what other company I usually see Fossil there, I usually see Garmin.
1: Yep, all the wearables yeah. like um again, the ones that aren't a Samsung or an Apple wearable, you will often see the big news. And we we've already heard uh, Fitbits upgrading its whole family. Uh, do you did you I, the story, I took the sure? briefing
0: and I handed the story off to someone oh, else so we can talk more <laughs> about Fitbit. Uh, so it used to be that Fitbit was one of the companies that would also be at IFA launching, but now I think they they are also doing their own thing, plus Google owns them now. But anyway, this week Fitbit announced uh, that it is launching the new Versa 4, the Sense 2, and the Inspire 3. Um, basically the latest generation of Fitbits like current top tier, mid tier, and like entry level trackers. In fact, the first two are actually more like smart watches than they are a tracker. The Inspire 3 is the $100 basic or more basic uh, tracker that Fitbit makes. And it's for those who kind of want to keep track of their activity level, but you don't really need all the bells and whistles. So it's more like a standard Fitbit looking thing. It's more of a cylinder than it is a watch Uh, shape thing and i think one of the bigger changes this year is that it's getting a full color display which is nice um meanwhile the sense 2 and versa 2 if you remember the versa is like the evolution of the ionic which was the company's first smartwatch so the versa 4 and the sense 2 are getting very similar upgrades for one thing uh i think fitbit knows how anal I am about sleep tracking. So they were like, Sherlyn, you're going to love this. We made it so much lighter and so much thinner. So that's the thing is 10% lighter and 15% thinner. I think that's the metric, but I, I, I might be mixing them up maybe the other way around, but altogether it's, I mean, Fitbits were already very thin and light. These two devices, the Versa and the Sense, were already very comfortable. And so they were like, it's even lighter now. And the difference is huge. You'll be able to wear it to sleep. No problem. I mean, I doubt that because I hate wearing anything to sleep, but, um, you know, I will still try these out and see if they feel any different. Um, that's one of the big changes. There's also like a, they brought back a physical button, but they were very careful with the placement to make sure it doesn't like easily too easily get triggered. And, uh, but then still remain easy to press if you need them. So bunch of Updates coming, I would say go to the article on Engadget.com to check out all the details. Uh, they've also, you know, now that they are owned by Google, integrated some Google features like Google Pay or Wallet, and then, you know, turn-by-turn directions on Maps is now available on the Fitbit, Sense, and Versa, so lots of good stuff coming. I, I think we're all more excited to see the Pixel Watch, but I don't want to do, like, get too far away from the topic at hand where, uh, you know, Fitbit... Usually, like I said, one of the exhibitors at IFA, but this time around, they've just exposed themselves ahead of time. It's very sexy. Uh, Matt, what else can we expect from IFA?
1: God, I wish I could tell you. We've got a few embargoes, so I can't reveal absolutely everything. Um, but yeah, like I said, like home electronics is often a major one. They often seen some very like weird and unusual ones. I recall at one point there was a, a self-driving fridge that would like- A self-driving self fridge? Yeah. Kind of thing, yeah. It might have been a dishwasher. No, a fridge would make more sense. But yeah, like you're talking about like Japanese companies like Toshiba, uh, Korean, like, you know, like LG and Samsung's kind of home electronics arm. They'll often have something very weird or some very expensive fridge that you can never afford but will want anyway. Uh, But yeah, like I feel like a lot of these trade shows, they're still kind of expanding and contracting to meet a post-pandemic reality. Um, A lot of us don't want to travel if we don't have to. Or if it's not worth our time, um, but yeah, I I would say keep an eye out for the phone companies like the Huawei, Sony, the Honor's, the Yep, Sony. Uh, someone in the um, chat mentioned HTC. It,
0: Are we expecting HTC ever to come back ever again?
1: No, like not that I've heard. They've got that crypto oh. phone, so I'm sure that will go really yeah. well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Xiaomi, Oppo, um, nothing from OnePlus. I don't think we've Vivo a bit from them already. Vivo possibly, um, but yeah, like a, a lot of these often share very similar spec sheets, very similar phones, uh, but they could have something interesting Shape We'll probably see something from HMD's Nokia. Mm-hmm, that's true. Um, oh, that's
0: if they brought cool. back the so 3310 again. A, oh. Again, 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 again.
1: <laughs> so yeah, that's the kind of stuff you can expect, like probably like more mid-range phones or phones with like an interesting look or camera feature, if you're into that kind of stuff and you're not in the US, then there might be something to tell right, you. Right, good
0: for that. Good for y'all. I'm only mildly jealous. Uh And the, yeah, the 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 thing that you were talking about, like other appliances, there's usually some kind of like smart home association that has a big show there or something. Like there's like a sub show, one of those things. So we can probably see more like, I don't know, smart lights or smart humidifiers, that sort of crap.
1: Yeah, smart connected air fryer, oh, that kind of oh, stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I- so so exciting totally all right so (laughs) for all that news uh, ifa is happening uh around like the first week of september in berlin and we will have all the news on engadget.com so keep an eye on our site uh the podcast will be taking a break next week so this is why we're kind of like giving you the heads up now instead of on next episode but uh you know there will still be engadget.com to give you all the news (laughs) Speaking of shows that are going on over in Europe right now, uh, Gamescom is happening, and usually, we send a pretty small team there, but this year, we're just observing from afar. Uh, but there's been a lot of news coming out, and to tell us more about it, we've got Senior Reporter Jess Condit joining us on the show today. Hey, Jess, how are you? Hello,
2: happy to be here. Wish I were in Cologne, though.
0: Thanks. <laughs> I know. I, I mean... Oh. I wish I was in Cologne. But anyway, um so this this the show has been going on. You've been covering it remote. How's how's it been? Like has the news been there's, has there been a lot of news? Has there been good news?
2: Yeah. You know, the big showcase, the opening night live showcase, this was hosted by Jeff Keeley. He does the Game Awards. He's the gaming Dorito King. He's great. Um, <laughs> 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 now he, you know, he does this. So we had a big old like showcase just to kick off the show and that was streamed. We covered it live. There were plenty of breakouts. Like there was plenty of, of like Cool new trailers. Um, like, you know, Hogwarts Legacy had a trailer. We didn't write that one up because we've seen a lot of gameplay already. Um, like Lies of P, there was a cool trailer. But there was also some news. Like, you know, Dead Island 2 exists. Um, and there's the like two trailers for that. And it's actually coming out, you know, in a reasonable time. And um, it's it's pretty cool. And then du- uh, the DualSense. There's a new DualSense controller yes. from Sony. And that yes. was like the, the major news. They dropped that early on in the show. And yeah, it's like the Elite for for PS5. It's like the Xbox Elite for PS5. It's just a much more customizable controller. You can upgrade the sticks. You can change out the grips. You can... Uh, adjust the sensitivity or like the tension on the triggers. You can set profiles. It's like, it's pretty cool.
0: Is any of that good for people with like accessibility issues? Like when you talk about swapping out sticks, that's what I'm thinking.
2: Oh, absolutely. And you can like remap the whole controller. You can remap buttons, you can deactivate buttons. So yeah, if you don't use one, if you can't use one physically, you can just put it on a different button, put it on a different input method, um, and then also swap profiles uh, between games, you know, if you're playing a racing game, maybe you don't want the same layout as if you're playing a shooter. Uh, maybe you want that sensitivity to be different on your triggers or your analog sticks. So you can just do that, and then you can have swappable profiles. So yeah, it's a pretty good upgrade. The Dual Sense is already a really good controller, like just the standard one. Um, this one is it's it's a little uglier, but it's gonna, but it's gonna <laughs> yeah, do some right. cool stuff.
1: Yeah. It's surprising how much it still looks like the DualSense though. Like given comparison between the Elite and the Xbox controller, like these have a share a little bit more DNA.
0: Yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't know a PS controller so y'all have to tell me what's different <laughs> yeah. here.
1: I'm just surprised it's t- taken this long for PlayStation to kind of match the Elite. We've had the Elite for a while now.
2: Well, it feels like it's taken a long time for Sony to do everything Xbox is doing recently, right? Like they're they're kind of yeah. playing catch up <laughs> right now. Like for real, from streaming to like getting rid of platforms you know cloud gaming is a huge part of it but um but yeah i i see sony kind of playing catch up and i'm not surprised that they did this but i am surprised it took this long
0: yeah well but does xbox have like a vr situation or is that like only playstation no so i feel like sony is a little ahead there right isn't there wasn't there news this week about that yeah,
2: we have a little, little,
0: little bit, yeah. a
2: little release window, a little tiny release window <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: <okay. laughs> of uh, early okay. 2023. Okay. Yeah, and that is one one like bonus that Sony has that Xbox doesn't. But Microsoft is doing VR. Like this isn't something that they're un- they're not capable of. Um, that's the thing. Sony can't do some of the things Xbox is doing. If Xbox wanted to, they could do all the things Sony is doing.
0: That's true. I mean, Microsoft, when I think of Microsoft VR or AR or mixed reality, I think of HoloLens and HoloLens isn't that great. And I don't know what else to think about when it comes to Microsoft and MR. So I guess we'll have to see. I mean, you know, they have Kinect, but Kinect is not really a lot to do with that stuff. Um, They have Kinect for maybe Mm
1: -hmm. Sorry, go ahead, Jess.
0: No,
2: I was just going to say they have Kinect technology. You know, like they don't really have a Kinect anymore, but they did a lot of, yeah, work on that end for sure. They know some stuff.
1: I think it's best to also remember like Microsoft means Windows, which means Windows PCs, which means gaming PCs, which means all the other premium VR headsets are connected to Microsoft that way. So they're like taking two very different angles to gaming VR, but they're going to meet in the middle at some point.
2: As usual, gotcha. Microsoft, so new, yeah. Yeah, Microsoft is just <laughs> going to partner with everyone, buy all the studios, buy all the companies, and then they'll own everything. It'll be awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Speaking of studios, all of the studios. So what else did we see this week? You mentioned, um, what was it, Death... Dead Island. Dead Island? Dead 2? Island 2. Dead Island 2. Uh, we were going to quickly mention that. Uh, what's the big deal about this title? Because I have not been following.
2: <laughs> Dude, this has been in development for like a decade. Um, so this was announced. Dead Island 2 was announced, I want to say like 2014. I don't have the article in front of me. But like mm-hmm. literally eight years ago or something like that. And... It's just been in development hell. Like it's it's been going through um, studio changes, and there was a huge situation where a bunch of studios closed and were bought, and they were they were kind of part of that with Deep Silver. Um, so this has just been a long time coming. Dead Island is a series that a lot of people really liked. It was at the height of the zombie craze. You know, like all every <laughs> yep. game was zombie, all the TV was zombie. Um, but Dead Island did it really well. It's an RPG. It's tongue in cheek. It's very gory. Uh, they did some weird media stuff that will always stick in my head, like PR boxes of, of very strange gifts. Oh. Um, Ooh. but they have learned and they've grown and now it's Dead Island too. And it looks good. It looks like a lot of fun. Yeah.
0: Where, where do I sign up for this PR <laughs> box? I kind of want it. <laughs> you don't want it. <laughs> okay. As long as it's not like dead rats, I'm, I'm good. No, no. Um, Okay. Matt, Matt, have you been following the Dead Island hype or no? Uh,
1: I was just kind of stunned when I woke up to like so much Gamescom news. Like Jess saying, she was like, there was, you know, there was this big showcase and there was actually a lot of stuff in here that we wrote about. And yes, so there's there's one that I wouldn't mind hearing what Jess thought. It's this um, multi-world game called Everywhere. And it's kind of headed by the old uh, GTA lead, Leslie Benzies. Benzies? Benzies, yeah. Um, What did you, yeah. What did you think of this? I'm interested. I
2: mean, this has been another one where it's like we've known he's been working on something. He left Rockstar under like very hostile circumstances. You know, like he, it wasn't a, a very uh, elegant parting. Um, but this was the dude that was like running GTA for, for quite a while. Um, and now he's back with this like multi-world, like living game where, yeah, it's mm-hmm. like a sim kind of situation. But it's like, it's just a... It almost feels like a platform for a metaverse situation. I wonder if they're kind of tapping into that. Um, No, it looks interesting. We didn't really see a lot of like, you know, gameplay footage or get concrete details, but the world they were showing off looked, I mean, vast, uh, very sci-fi, very, you know, like fantasy sci-fi. Very, very cool. It's
1: like almost like Ready Player One-ish feels where there was like a very Fortnite-y kind of different bios, jumping, shooty, and then there was like a photorealistic other bit but we're not sure you know could the Fortnitey bit be a game within that game or does something in the metaverse dictate changes that make to the photorealistic world or like it's kind of makes your imagination go wild but i mean i, I need to just know what the heck this game is because i have no idea
2: Right. Well, dude, do, do you remember when Fortnite was announced? When Epic announced Fortnite, and it was such a different game. Tower
1: Defense. Yes. It was a Tower Defense it game. It was a Tower yeah. Defense. It
2: looked so awful. It looked bad. <laughs> like, I, was, yeah. I looked at it just looked like, I was like, like a what?
1: no-mark game. I think Edgar yeah. wrote it up. He was just like, here's a Tower Defense game. And he was the first person to write about Fortnite for us. And he's he's not one of our... He's my our main FIFA guy normally. But, uh Yeah. I love it. Love it. He was our main Fortnite reporter yeah. at the start.
2: So it's like this—you know, this game. We don't really know. We we don't really know what they're doing. They just wanted to tease it, and they certainly did. Um, but I'm intrigued. I am intrigued. I think that Leslie obviously knows how to build a game that people like to play for a long time, and they, like a world that people want to live in, even if it—you know—GTA was the real world. Um, I'm excited to see what he does with a fake world. <laughs>
0: Speaking of fake worlds and some of these games, I wanted to just like kind of call out some of the games that I personally saw as potentially very interesting. Like Dune Awakening. <laughs> Did something got announced with like what's happening here? Tell me about it, Jess.
2: Yeah, there's an MMO, I want to say. Let me pull up the, the story because I yeah. didn't write that it's one. It's a
0: survival MMO, apparently set in what the Frank Frank Herbert's science fiction universe. Um, and it seems to be set in like Arrakis or something. Uh and I mean. Yeah, if if what survival MMO, so like multi like an online world, yeah, right? So
2: this is something where you'll be able to, you know, team up with your friends and like kind of live in the Dune world, um, and play online. And it seems like so the cinematic trailer they showed was like, you know, big creature coming out of the sand and you gotta fight it. Like that's you know, epic boss battle in the in the duney desert. Like that sounds fine, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Duney desert, yeah. Duney desert. <laughs>
0: I mean, it looks like it requires like some serious like power too, right? It's PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. So it's not one of those like lighter console type games. Um, is it like a big deal? Do you think? Um, well, it depends. I mean, licensed games. It's hard to
2: say, right? This, I think, Dune is a fantastic starting point for a video game. This makes a lot of sense. I think it really can work like naturally. So they're not shoehorning anything necessarily. Um, it just, it, it really depends. It could be like a, you know, Destiny, but in, in the Dune world, or it could be, yeah, I, I think it, it has some potential.
1: Um, this is already the second Dune game we've got since the kind of the movie remake. I'm wondering if we're going to see another kind of Lord of the Rings situation where they're just going to go hard on the franchise and just game, game, game and just see what lands. Um, yeah. It's going to be like the other one was like a, a, st- a strategy game, I feel, real time strategy. Uh, June Spice Wars, which is in early access, I think.
0: Oh right, right, yep.
1: But so yeah, there's I've already heard of that one too. A, There you go. So there's already a Junie game out there. Um, this one Junie. seems yeah. So this but this one seems a little bit more well, at least from the cinematic, it seems a bit more big budget. But that's just the cinematics. Yeah, we have no idea how exactly mm-hmm. it's going to play just yet.
0: It seems also very um, immersive, more than a strategy game might be. Um, but another game that jumped out is uh, Justin Royland's <laughs> High on Life. So yeah, you're laughing. Just tell me. Tell me more. This
2: game, dude, I'm actually intrigued by this game. Um, I'm not the biggest like Rick and Morty person, um, but I but I understand why it's funny. I do like Justin Roiland's humor, um, but this is this game looks like it's a cartoony, silly shooter with some like mature jokes. It seems like, but all the guns are like cartoon bugs and they have faces, and all the guns talk <laughs> to you while you're shooting them. <laughs> um like this could get really annoying really fast, right? Like this game yeah, it has to yeah. toe a line where where it's not throwing so much at you that you're just like overwhelmed like stop talking at me. Um but I think Royland knows what he's doing there, so this is going to be um something I'm actually like possibly might play, especially after seeing this gameplay footage that we got at Gamescom. Like they showed a boss battle that actually looked fun where you're using Two weapons, you're like grappling with one, you're shooting with the other, the whole thing is filling with slime. You know, it's like, it looks like actually enjoyable. So I'm into it. But they pushed the release date back just a little bit. It's coming out in Mm. December, December 13th. Yeah.
0: This reminds me of a game that I have played as a kid that I completely forgot. I don't know if you guys will judge me for this. I played the South. There was a South Park game. Oh
1: yeah, oh yeah, right. The shooter, it's the great. N64 one.
0: I don't think it was just the N60. There was another one where like they go through some kind of I don't know. I remember it was I was young and I played it and it was just very funny. And I don't remember if it was a shooter or if there was some other South Park game that was not a shooter.
1: There was a there was a multiplayer shooter like um, I swear, but maybe it wasn't just that. Uh, wasn't maybe it wasn't just N64. But I think I know the game you're talking about.
0: It was it was just a lot of fun, but anyway, this 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 reminded me of that. I just want, it was there. I was there for the crass humor. I was there for the for the story, like tie in type things. But anyway, um, moving on to another title that seemed like it was pretty interesting. Tell me, Jess, about Phantom Hellcat.
2: <laughs> okay, so like this was one that probably <laughs> not a lot of people even noticed. Honestly, this is this is a, this is one we wrote up because I liked the look of the trailer. Um, yeah. And it was like just a quick little thing. It's, it's from a Polish publisher who uh, published Ghost Runner and Chernobylite. Um, yeah. And these are like, you know, pretty, these are acclaimed games. They've done well. Um, but this is something they're developing with an in-house studio. Um, and it's like near inspired and it's very hack and slash. It stars this, this girl who, or this woman who's, Um, roaming through like pop culture fantasy lands and she's just hacking and slashing it changes from 2d like platforming to 3d uh, melee combat you know pretty seamlessly it looks like Um, so yeah i was just kind of intrigued by it so we wrote it up i wrote it up (laughs) and uh it's coming to ps4 xbox one ps5 xbox series x and s and pc at some point
1: i was just watching the trailer it looks really cool so like what like jess was saying it seems like the protagonist kind of goes through all these different fantasy worlds so at one point she's just kind of lit up with spotlights and is just fighting all these puppets possibly or mannequins on a stage and it does look really slick really cool and i know that i know jess often you know you can't get just to shut up if it's devil may cry so i think there's a little bit of that
2: i didn't say uh, it i but said near okay yeah, yeah, I know, but thank you for I my restraint it. thank you for recognizing yeah yeah, you,
1: yeah sorry yeah. i respect I'm your restraint you. yeah thank yeah you, you. You, you self you, you self filtered there but I um, yeah i can't it, it talk could about dante every time yeah not not every mm-hmm. week yeah
0: okay that was the game you tried to get me to play right devil may cry yeah cuz it has cute like demon boys i think yeah, you yeah. Would like it yeah that's right cute that's right i forget demon boys yes why haven't I? I'm getting a ps But Anyway, um, so I want to get to both of your like personal shout-outs really quick, but I still have a couple that I noted. For example, The Expanse, uh, a Telltale series. Like, what, Like we got a release date for that or something, Jess?
2: Yeah, so this game is also, like, it's from Telltale, right? Which doesn't right? technically exist as a studio.
0: Right, um, yeah. So that's
2: really funny. I'm trying to find the uh, there it is
0: the link. It's, I'm
2: pulling it up with you. Yeah, <laughs>
0: um, it's next summer. Uh, is the is the release date right? Like, mm-hmm. which is a year from now. So yeah, it's this
2: isn't surprising, honestly. The fact that it is you know that far out still, just because Telltale's been going through it, um, and this is a branching narrative game. You know, it's it's like the other Telltale, like The Walking Dead or Wolf Among Us, um, and I. Th- Think I think it'll be fine. Telltale knows what they're doing with these games. I mean, fans of The Expanse, I know, really like The Expanse. So I think that there's right. a lot of love to be put in this game, and I really hope they capture that. Um, so if it takes another year for them to kind of get there, then that's totally fine with me, right? Like, I think I think The Expanse fans are willing to
1: wait for a good game.
0: Fair maybe, enough. Maybe. Matt, do you, do you play Telltale games?
1: Yeah, so I think the one I played most is actually the Batman ones, which were actually... Arkham really, Knight? Not Arkham Knight. No, different one again. So that's the thing. So they make this own, like, again, Telltale style, like, quick time events. You walk around investigating things in a Batman-y, detective-y style. And it's a really good game. I ended up playing both of them. I think I got one on sale, and so I ended up buying the second one. So mm-hmm. they're always just really tightly made. You just kind of feel like... It's almost like a good book or a good movie... It's not about quick twitch reactions. It's just, you know, kind of walking through the story, making your own decisions and branching the story out. Um, So, yeah, like, I'm not a huge Expanse person, but like Jess is intimating, if you're an Expanse fan, I'm sure you're super excited to kind of play through a Telltale game that will take you into that universe and let you make your own decisions
0: yeah I enjoy playing the Telltale Walking Dead game yeah yeah, yeah. exactly it's
1: what I still haven't played I'm, I think I'm just waiting to kind of somehow buy all of Gasp. them and put them on yeah. the Switch and Wait. just having them all there
2: Matt you never played I The Walking Dead?
1: no I think I played like two sequences of like season 5
2: girl without mm, playing anything season 1 season 1 Walking Dead should I just close yeah. my lap should I just yeah, close yeah, my lap one was so, good. go read my reviews yeah. from 20 years ago <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was when you were saying when you were saying that um, what was it? Uh, oh god, the zombie game. What were you saying? Dead like, Island. Uh, oh, Dead Island Two. And I think like that was around the year you and me met for yeah. the first time at Gamescom. For possibly. real? <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, memories.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> we 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 talked briefly about what was it? The Batman game you were talking about. Matt. There was also what some kind of Gotham Knights uh, really? news this week, yeah. right? What is happening here? Why 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 the reaction, Jess? The-
2: <laughs> well. Because it's Gotham Knights. I don't have a lot of hope for this game, I got to say. Like, just being totally honest, I don't think it's going to be very enjoyable, at least not for me. Um, I feel like they're kind of just pushing it out and they know it's going to sell because it's Batman related. Um, which, Which happens with these licensed games sometimes. But hey, I'm so willing to be proved wrong. It's just everything we've seen, it's all very cinematic. And then the gameplay they show is pretty generic like we haven't seen anything really innovative anything to kind of grip onto and say wow that's why i want to play this game aside from
1: the characters
2: yeah um but it's coming out four days early so yeah (laughs)
1: Whoa, a whole four days I i mean like you're saying like i'm looking at the trailer now in the background here and it reminds me of marvel's avengers which is another game both of us were like done with pretty immediately after we both kind of experienced it um but yeah, maybe we're wrong. We know we haven't played this, so it could be amazing. There's Dr. Freeze in it. That's fun, isn't it? I guess.
0: Oh. Mm. This Arnold voice?
1: I don't this, no, like, I don't think so. No. Oh. Yeah, that would make it exciting. It would
0: have made a big deal. Yeah. Right? That yeah. Would I, it, I would play cool. that game just to <laughs> yeah, just for that. Hint hint, studios, hint, hint. Was it Warner <laughs> Brothers? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, get Arnie in there and, and you get more people blind. I don't think so. Um Good to know. Well, now I want to know, what, Jess, is there anything else you wanted to shout out before I ask Matt the same question?
2: Yeah, so actually a game that we haven't written up yet um, because we've just seen trailers for it and it's like we're still kind of building some intrigue here, but I'm going to be kind of diving into this one, um, Lies of P, which is every time I see a trailer for it, it's like I forget it exists and then I see a trailer and I'm like, oh, right. I'm like super into whatever this is. is. It
0: called. Wait, why is it P?
2: I have no idea. Is that
0: what it is? I have no idea. That's, but that's the name. Why is it P? Like P E E? No, no.
2: Sorry, lies of P. Oh, oh.
0: Lies. Liza. Like,
2: how dare you lie to me? Lies. Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry.
0: Lies of.
1: Oh, the this, is the P blood, or this is the blood. This is the bloodthorn esque. Pinocchio. Gothic Pinocchio. Yeah. <laughs> oh.
0: Yes. I'm sorry. I'm so obsessed with P E E. But go on. Please.
1: Well,
2: that's the thing. When you say the name out loud. It's like, wait, you want me to play what? Lies of, whoa, hang on. I, we just met. Settle down. But but no, it's it actually seems really cool. Every time I see a trailer, I am like, whoa, this Pinocchio Gothic weird fantasy. It's like Alice Madness Returns, but Pinocchio. Uh, yeah, so I'm into that.
1: And we'll be, we'll be following up on that, yeah.
0: Matt, how about you? Any fun thing that you saw that you want to shout out?
1: One game series. It's just kind of always bubbled in the background. It's been... It's just an anthology. Oh, sorry. I've kicked off my S <laughs> word. Um, the Dark Pictures, The Devil In Me. So this would be the last game of the Dark Pictures anthology, which has been running for a few years in the background now. I think it's first announced in 2018. And these are those kind of cinematic... Again, a bit like Telltale, but a little bit more quick time and a bit action-packed. Um, you might have heard of a game called Until Dawn. That was made by Supermassive Games as well, if I remember correctly. And um, yeah, are—they're they're often each game is usually taking a trope and they'll kind of run through these narrative stories, so often like separate threads that kind of come together or cross over. And not only could you play it on your own, you could also play it cooperatively with someone or even share a file and they could hop in to the story where you're at and kind of continue it. So there's a little bit of cooperative gaming in there as well. But these are kind of like even more than telltale these are more like sit back watch you know watch the horrific thing happen in this horror movie game and learn what happens and it's very sinister and there's an evil sinister man in the library and and there's now i think this might be the third or fourth game um, of the series this will be the last one um and yeah i've I've only ever played the first one but it's like the telltale walking dead series it's one of those games that i've often wanted to kind of go back into and maybe when this one comes mm. out, I can get a, a sweet deal and all the others and play right through. But I've always really enjoyed these games, and like the production values are amazing. They use like you know proper cinematic voice actors and famous Hollywood types and stuff, which kind of helps deliver the thrills, That
0: atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. Can I can I play it on a PC? Uh,
1: yes, I think. Okay. So. Yes.
0: I'm, I'm making a list of games I want to play, but will likely never play. What you
1: should do um, is just buy an uh, an XCloud subscription share and play it on your phone yes. or your iPad. Um, just plug in a joypad and you're good to go. Eh,
0: that's a good point. Okay, Well, I, you know, I'm still tr- tempted by the idea of an Xbox Series uh, or a PS5, which if I ever get my hands on, uh, will make me big time. Anyway.
1: <laughs> uh- <laughs> will make me a big time gamer.
0: Big time gamer. You will never Yeah, I know. All I want to do is just play games with Jess. Let's do it. Baby. And that. All right. I think that's all of the games com news we have time for this episode. Thanks for joining us to break it all down. Jess, your insight as always is amazing and appreciated.
2: Thanks. Thanks for having Thank me. You,
0: Happy to be here. Where can people <laughs> where can people find you online, Jess?
2: At Jess Condit on Twitter and Jess L Condit on Instagram.
0: So that was uh, Gamescom, but there was some other news this week. Uh, we don't really have time this episode to go through them all, so just wanted to shout out that Sam's review of the Galaxy Z Flip 4 is up. If you were having any lingering questions, go check that out. Uh, my review of the Z Flip 4 is also up, and coming soon by the time this podcast is uh, available on audio platforms, my Watch 5 and Watch 5 Pro review will also be, be up on Engadget.com. So go over and check it out. If you still have questions, of course, feel free to send them to podcast.engadget.com or via Twitter if you're on that social media platform. Uh, Matt, I know you also have been playing with the Watch 5 and the Flip at the very least. What are your thoughts so far? Really quickly.
1: Uh, So really quickly, Flip. uh, (laughs) Like, as, as, um, yeah, I can't use my words anymore. It's, it's a good phone. It's a functional phone that's foldable. Yeah. Yeah, the Flip. Um, it does everything I need a smartphone to do. Uh, the battery life's not great, but it's not terrible, uh, which is my biggest fear. Uh, I'm already using it to film in the kind of stand up mode where it's kind of standalone and can kind of film from there. I think that's wonderful, it works really well. And a lot of the other apps, uh, the kind of the flip modes for a lot of them are really useful and compelling, and that's a very good sign. I still like the more I fall in love with the Flip 4, the less interested I am in the Fold 4.
0: Right? Yeah. Thank you. We, I feel we, like we, I. We, yeah. Both
1: of us were saying this last year as well, so I think it's just everyone else's starting to become aware of it as well yeah pretty much
0: i i still think there is space in the world for a fold four, like that sort of phone and i think people like sam are perfect for it right he's like such a <laughs> ah, I, wow uh i will tell him what you said uh you know and also like uh um also we had a guest on the podcast mr mobile michael fisher uh, another one yes another big time foldy nerd boy um uh, they're perfect boy you know, perfect users for the for the Fold 4, but for someone more mainstream or more selfie obsessed like I am, the Flip 4 definitely, like, is the way to go. Uh, Watch 5, I know you wore it to oh, sleep one time.
1: Oh, mate, yeah, Watch 5 and Watch 5 Pro. Watch 5 Pro is just so big and thick. Mm-hmm. It's Thank you. Oh, so okay. big and, yeah, careful, everyone. So big and thick, like, I, I don't mind sleeping in a smartwatch, but it's just... Every, every waking moment, it's a big, heavy, feels heavy just by the size, thick watch. Um, and I'm, I, it takes a little time for me to kind of get used to the kind of quirks of Wear OS. So I'm just gradually getting there. And the features are good. Like, it's bright enough. The battery life is pretty good as well. But why is it so big? When it's a wearable, it's such a priority to get that kind of profile. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And this is not it.
0: I'm glad you're not, I'm not the only person calling it big because I feel like, as a person, again, with fairly small wrists, I, whenever I call something big, the comments are always like, yeah,
1: I like big sure. You don't have big hulking forearms like me, an anonymous internet commentator. Ooh, I love just <sighs> And that's just, that's just <laughs> Sam Rutherford. <Chilling.
0: laughs> He's just trolling away yeah. at me. <laughs> 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 Well, we we will be continuing to share our thoughts on the watch and the flip and the fold. I don't think we're done with sharing our thoughts just yet even after the reviews have been published because we're going to keep, you know, using them for the long term, tell you more about the durability over time, tell them how tell you how they perform over time too. So stick around. Uh, you know, I I will mention it on the podcast as well. Uh, some quick other news this week. Acer released a new Chromebook Vero. Uh, it is the first of the Chromebook uh series that it has to be you know, built to be repaired and recycled. Uh, Chrome, uh, Acer's been doing this for a little bit now, uh, designing laptops that are made to be uh, eco-friendly. So, you know, now that there's a Chromebook version of it available, I'm sure Nate Ingram, our resident Chrome OS aficionado, is all kinds of excited. Nerd. Another nerd. Um, and then there was like a little bit of very funny news over the weekend, specifically, I think Friday, we saw Mark Zuckerberg push out, like, an avatar to, like, uh, like uh, represent himself in Horizon, which is the Horizon, um, their VR world that Meta is building. Uh, and a very, like, chintzy-looking... I don't know if chintzy is the right word, but, like, a very basic-looking avatar. Uh, and basic-looking
1: backdrop of, like, two fake. Like an Eiffel redoing. Tower. Yeah. Yeah. That South Park game you played as a kid probably had better graphics than this.
0: I mean, I think so, too. So I uh, was... It was it was first funny that the the avatar looked so basic. Then you know, Zuckerberg followed up and released a new avatar, I think a few days later, that was like better rendered, it had like depth, it had shading, it had like more details. And I think Carissa very very hilariously tweeted, like, I wonder how many people had to put in overtime hours just so Mark could put out a new, better looking avatar. And I mean she's not wrong, like, it's it's ridiculous. And Mark Zuckerberg actually acknowledged in his Facebook post sharing the new avatar, uh, he acknowledged that, oh, yeah, I know the first one I shared was a little basic, but, you know, we had no time. And I was like, no one was rushing you for this. Yeah, like, you're the boss. Yeah. No one was like... I won your avatar now, Mark. Like the public wasn't clamoring. Yeah, in
1: our story, we embedded a great tweet. It's from uh, Emily Gorkensky, and she she writes, "Come work for Meta, where the most brilliant technologists of the day have achieved 1995 level graphics, which is so (laughs) accurate it hurts."
0: That's fantastic. Um, So there you go. That was like some great, you know, Friday popcorn for me and then the last thing i wanted to leave you all on for other news this week is that they're making a movie based on the blackberry story and this is a very like i feel like the sort of movie that is extremely like suitable for the engage podcast audience this is the exact sort of nerdery that our our uh, audience would like matt the words a movie based on the rise and fall of blackberry how does that speak to you
1: it speaks to watching something else (laughs) like I don't yeah I don't like I was never a Crackberry guy anyway like I respect the physical keyboard I get it I don't need to see a film about it it's like what it does make me think like what kind of tech story dramas would you like to see immortalized in film like Antenna Gate or you know when Apple's iPhone I want to say 4s maybe where if you uh, held the exploding, phone exploding no expl- oh, oh, i want to oh exploding watch, galaxy notes yeah i
0: want to watch a spy thriller where yes. the only weapons they're allowed to use are exploding galaxy note seven yes that's
1: like like grenades yeah
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> or or like they use it to sabotage planes or yeah
1: something. oh a, no no, no topic, like um but. like throw it like a ninja smoke bomb and escape
0: yeah yeah. Oh, uh, or, or like, yeah 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 okay okay we're writing this movie yeah. okay this is an gadget Uh, both of these
1: ideas are still better than the blackberry the (laughs) rise and fall of blackberry
0: (laughs) well uh that's that's what i wanted to leave uh you our dear audience with this week uh any ideas for tech themed movies send them our way podcast at engadget.com Moving on quickly to what we're working on. I have been, uh, you know, helping out with some of these IFA embargoes that we've been talking about. So again, stay tuned to Engadget.com for more of that stuff. And then, you know, I'm flying out very, very shortly to Cupertino for the Apple event. Um, And we'll bring you all of the news there. Uh, I'm also in the midst of moving. So if y'all don't see me for a bit, just know that I am struggling under three piles of, mess and and that's that's where i'm at matt
1: what's up with you uh i've got like a backlog of games i need to play but for work reasons i mean i won't be doing it during the day but i just need to play them and write about them and stuff like that so i'm doing that and then i'm going to mexico on september the first so (gasps) no apple events no nothing see you later Uh, suckers dang i am extremely jealous
0: but okay well we've got other people working while you're out (laughs) other people uh... doing
1: their work someone's doing their job (laughs) if you're not matt
0: Yeah, thankfully we have a team, and I would like to shout out some work from our team this week. For example, Sam, in addition to publishing the Galaxy Z Fold 4 review, also uh, produced a hands-on with the HyperX Armada 25. This is, I believe, a pair of gaming monitors that don't have stands. They have arms, however, and it looks like a very intriguing setup. Uh, I'd encourage you to read Sam's hands-on to find out how you can declutter, but still maximize your homework space uh, or your... What? Battle Thrones. Is that what people call your gaming setups? I don't think so, no. Battle stations. Thank you. Um, And then we've got Billy, who is currently, I think, working on the Galaxy Buds 2 Pro review, but in the meanwhile, had to test a whole slew of other headphones, including the Sennheiser Momentum 4. His review of that is up, and his early verdict, or his verdict, at least according to the headline, is that it produces stellar sound while delivering insane battery life. So I think I might need to buy those. Um, Meanwhile, I don't know if you contributed to this or not, Matt, but we also published a story uh, about... And Gadget's favorite, backpacks. Oh, Cher, I bought. would
1: have contributed, but I'm not a giant nerd.
0: Oh, backpacks are a nerdy thing now. I see. Nerd. I didn't know you had to be a nerd to use a backpack. All right. I didn't contribute well, well, we, either. We, we, this so was, was a
1: story new. from about a month ago. I remember because it came along the same time as that uh, with, the, with the game Stray. They launched mm. a companion cat backpack so Uh,
0: oh that's cute oh that's stray yeah Yeah. yeah, yeah, so we're circling
1: back to this i think just in the run-up to back to school times
0: yeah we've been updating a bunch of stories so this one recently got updated as well but if you haven't and you're on the lookout for a backpack here's what the team has actually paid for with their own money meanwhile i've been watching a bunch of shows trying to decompress sometimes or trying to test things out I, i saw something very exciting yesterday that i can't tell you guys about i don't think but it's an upcoming show uh, that is set in fantasy world that is people are very hyped for uh, if you can guess I will say yes but uh, my my pick this week and I don't know if you can watch it over in the UK Matt is um, House of Dragons the new Game of Thrones spin-off have you seen this Matt
1: No by her it's really heavy on the incest so I'm probably okay uh,
0: uh, not yet okay so so far we've only got one episode uh, it was it premiered over the weekend or last week or something like that. Anyway, it's basically the story uh, of – the Game of Thrones world, but set close to a to a close to 200 years before the events of Game of Thrones. And it focuses on the Targaryen family, which, uh, if you're familiar with Game of Thrones at all, is Daenerys Targaryen's, uh, you know, ancestors, uh, and basically around how they had a civil war around that time that caused, I think, the Targaryens to kind of lose their position as the ruling family uh, and making way for the Game of Thrones universe that happened really like all the rise of the other families like the Starks and the Lannisters and that sort of stuff. If you're into Game of Thrones at all, I think you'll enjoy it. I think I had a very fun time being immersed in this world again, even if it's just for one episode. Acting is strong. The, the just it's it's like familiar. I like it. And yes, incest is part of that world. Unfortunately, that was part of the appeal, I think, of GOT. Where like a lot of people were watching it. Come on, admit it. Some people watched it because it's like wild as, as f.
1: um f. There was I, a Can lot of stuff I uh, there. pretend I was never on this podcast?
0: You want to recuse yourself? You want to? You want to step away for a moment? Um, I I I didn't watch it for the incest. I watched it for the the plot. You know, there's just such great plot. Um <laughs> Fair warning, of course, don't, you know, it's got plenty of nudity. So if you're not... That's
1: why you watched it. Mystery solved. Uh,
0: I, don't know if the, I don't know if it's the kind of nudity I'm into, but okay. But anyway, that's what I watched recently, as well as this other secret thing that I can't tell anyone about, but still want to brag about anyway. And when it's finally, you know up there i can talk about it uh what have you been doing to relax matt
1: so i've uh, started playing not one but two rpgs uh, both on nintendo switch first one is like a major kind of big budget role-playing game called xenoblade chronicles 3 i've never played another xenoblade uh, chronicles or otherwise but so yeah it's it's often tricky to kind of get into a new rpg series i'm mostly born and raised on square enix role-playing games so they're always always a different flavor play a little bit differently but i'm sucked in like these this has like these incredible cutscenes that are like some kind of high octane anime there's like vibes of evangelion um it's really fun um really playable um so i'm really enjoying that um playing my way through that that's probably going to take a long time to finish so i'm just kind of tentatively walking through it i'm also started live alive which was like a super nintendo era rpg um very cute very like uh you know 16-bit uh, pixel graphics but now put on a kind of faded kind of you'll probably see in the video we've got <laughs> on this live stream but um yeah HD 2D so like 3D landscapes with 2D graphics on top kind of thing it uh, looks good like a really nice sense of humor beautiful writing really fun game you kind of play through nine different chapters of a very different story and I presume at some point they all come together at the end but there's like There's like a a Chinese chapter, a cyber chapter, a ninja chapter, a prehistoric chapter, all like very different play styles, very different characters. And yeah, it's a very cute little game. And it's the first time it's been released in English. Um, So a great time to play it for the first time. And that's out on Switch now as well.
0: I see that they're both on Switch, so I actually might give them a shot uh, when I fly to Apple. Well, that's it for the episode this week, everyone. Thank you, as always, for listening. Our theme music is by game composer Dale North. Our outro music is by our very own Terrence O'Brien. This podcast is produced by Ben Elman. You can find Matt online at...
1: At that Matt Smith on Twitter, and now at that Matt Smith on Instagram, because I changed <gasps> it. Yay. Proud
0: of you. If you want to tell me what games to avoid for my rat phobia, please... Do not text me or send me pictures of rats, but you can hit me up on Twitter. I am at Sherlin Lowe. Email us your thoughts at podcast at Leave us a review, please, on iTunes because that'll help people discover us and subscribe on anything that gets podcasts.
1: Nuts! <laughs>